Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio for today. Thank you for tuning in. And I want to talk today about the question, is COVID-19 punishment? Well, here's, um, here's a take on that. Punishment for who? The world? The whole world? Well, I think this is uh, something that's been contrived by men, and it got out of hand, and now it's all over the world. My question is, how did it spread? How did it spread so quickly all around the globe? It's even in South America. South America is now one of the hottest spots on the planet, and so is Russia. Russia is not populous, not really, not, not like the United States. The United States has a lot of people, kind of crowded, more crowded. But if you want to see crowded, go to India. India is more crowded by 10 times over than the United States, roughly. Let's see what the Bible has to say, shall we? Let's go to um, Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10. A final word, and I'm reading out of the NLT, the New Living Translation, which is a real translation, and it's not a paraphrase. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. Well, this is a strategy of the devil. It is trying to take out a lot of people, and it's working. Verse 12, chapter 6, Ephesians. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. We don't see COVID-19, but we know it's there. We see what it does inside a human body, and it damages every organ in the body. It's not just the lungs. It's not just the nasal passages or the tonsils or anything. Continuing on, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. You know, the error is a heavenly place. It is our atmosphere, yes, but it's still not terrestrial. It's not earth. It's not dirt. It's not water. It's air. It's above us, and it's in us and through us and all around us. Verse 13, he says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil, which is now, by the way. After the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news that we have a coming kingdom and a king coming to deliver us, I might add, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. A fiery devil arrow would be COVID-19. 
Verse 17, put on salvation as your helmet. Keep that in mind, in other words. Your salvation is on its way. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Verse 18, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion, including sickness and health. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Unquote. Is this the result of sin? I would say partially, it certainly is. Let's go to Luke 13 for a moment. Luke 13 and verse 1, or starting in verse 1. About this time, Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. Talk about evil. Do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee? Jesus asked. Is that why they all suffered? No, not at all. And you will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. That could be a lesson for me. Unless you repent of your sins and turn to God, you too will likewise perish. That's a lesson for all of us, really. Verse 4, chapter 13, Luke. And what about the 18 people who died when the tower of Siloam fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No, and I tell you again that unless you repent, you too will perish. Now let's go to a book of prophecy also in um, Isaiah chapter 57 and verses 1 and 2. Here's a lesson for me and for all of us. I have a friend named John. He's in the hospital with COVID. He's been comatose for about eight days so far. And he's not doing well. He is deteriorating, unfortunately. But uh, maybe things will turn around. We'll just have to see. Chapter 57 of Isaiah. Good people pass away. The godly often die before their time. Why? But no one seems to care or wonder why. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. Unquote. That's a very significant scripture to me. Good people pass away. The godly often die before their time, but no one seems to care or wonder why. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. Now, this is good news, and it's also scary news, because it means those of us that are still alive are going to face even worse things. And that's, that's a scary place to be, too. But at least once they do pass away, they are signed, sealed, and delivered to God. And they're there until the resurrection. And I wanted to point out something about the resurrection. And that is that 
How many times have you gone to sleep at night and woken up again? Well, let's see. A grand total of 25,185 plus times. That's how many times I have gone to sleep and woken up in the morning. 25,000 times. That's a lot of practice in dying. See, when we go to sleep, the Bible relates sleep to death. We don't know what's going on when we're asleep. We've got no idea what happened in the world last night. Well, I can tell you that in Polk County, Florida, there were three murders. They were a friend and his two best friends. They were all going fishing at their regular spot, which they fish at every night, and they got murdered last night. And it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible, wicked. They were beat up and then shot. So we don't know what happens at night. We've got no idea what happens at night. And so it is with death. When a person dies, he goes to sleep temporarily. Now, I know I hear people say, well, you believe in soul sleep. Well, and Yes, they are asleep. They're not awake. My parents are dead, but they're not awake. They're asleep. They're asleep in the Lord. In other words, he's got them, and he knows how to resurrect them in his timing. They're not alive. They're not conscious. They're not looking down from heaven on me, watching what I do and groaning when I sin. It's just not so. We have assumed that. We have uh, been taught that from the pulpit all my life, that you have an immortal soul that wafts off to heaven when you die. Nothing could be further from the truth. They're not alive except in God's memory bank, and then he will bring them out of his memory in his timing at the resurrection. That's the truth. So, but God is protecting people who get COVID-19 and pass away from the evils that are ahead of us who still are alive. And that is the truth. Let's flip on over to Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. I wanted to mention something here. Billy Graham said that if he doesn't punish America, for example, he will have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah because we have become like Sodom and Gomorrah in our homosexuality, in our ungodliness, in our brutality to mankind upon mankind, and a whole host of other things which are mentioned here in Romans 1 and verse 18. We'll start there. I don't want to read the whole thing. This is going to get to be too long a podcast, but let's flip on over to Romans 1 and verse 18, and we'll start there. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth in their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. 
Forever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky, and through everything God made, they can clearly see his power, his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. Who does a, an atheist thank for anything? Well, they can't thank God because they don't want to believe in God. It's not that they know there is no God. No, they pretend to say that, but the reality is they're just angry at him for some reason. Verse 21, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks, and they began to think up foolish ideas about what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. I don't want to be darkened or confused. Verse 22, Romans 1. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. Hopefully, you and I are not like that. Instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people or animals or birds or reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired, and as a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things that God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned in their lust for each other. They did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. And since they thought it was foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their own foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, boastful, and they invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, they break their promises, and they are heartless and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. Ah, what a terrible indictment. But this is what we've got on our hands right now. This is reality. What Billy Graham said is true. We need a good spanking, quite honestly. Now let's go to Revelation 18 a minute. Let's start in uh, verse 16. Well, let's back up to 15. The merchants who became wealthy 
And this is talking about Babylon, by the way, which is the center of sin on the earth. This, is, this whole chapter is talking about the fall of Babylon, which is coming up in our very near future. So we'll start here in uh, verse 15. The merchants who became wealthy by selling her these things will stand at a distance, terrified by her great torment. They will weep and cry out, how terrible, how terrible for that great city. She was clothed in the finest purple and scarlet linens, decked out with gold and precious stones and pearls. In a moment, all the wealth of that city is gone. I'm going to read verse 11 next. The merchants of the world will weep and mourn for her, for there is no one left to buy her goods. I'm going to just use this to illustrate what wealth she had. She bought great quantities of gold and silver, jewels and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, and scarlet cloth. The things that were made of fragrant thyan wood, ivory goods, and objects made of expensive wood, and bronze and iron and marble. She also bought cinnamon and spices, incense and myrrh, frankincense, wine, olive oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, chariots, and human bodies, that is, human slaves. Wow. Verse 14, the fancy things you love so much are gone. They cry, all your luxuries and splendor are gone forever, never to be yours again. Dropping down to verse 17, picking it up there again. In a moment, a single moment, all the wealth of that city is gone, and all the captains of the merchant ships and their passengers and sailors and crews will stand at a distance. They will cry out as they watch the smoke ascend, and they will say, Where is there another city as great as this city? And they will weep and throw dust on their heads. And who does that? The people of the Middle East. To show their grief, and they will cry out, how terrible, how terrible for that great city. The ship owners will be, uh, became wealthy by transporting her great wealth on the seas. In a single moment, it is all gone. Rejoice over her fate, O heaven, and people of God, and apostles, and prophets. For at last, God has judged her for your sakes. Then, a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a huge millstone, and he threw it into the ocean and shouted, Just like this millstone, the great city Babylon will be thrown down with violence and will never be found again. The sound of harps and singers, flutes and trumpets will never be heard in you again. No craftsman, no tradesman will ever be found in you again. The sound of the mill will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The happy voices of brides and bridegrooms will never be heard in you again. For your merchants were the greatest in the world, and you deceived the nations by your sorceries. I want to talk about that word for a minute. 
in a minute. <laughs> in your streets flowed the blood of the prophets and of God's holy people, and the blood of people slaughtered all over the world. Unquote. And that's the end of chapter 18 of the book of Revelation. This is what's happening all over the world now. People are dying. Why? Well, the word sorcery here comes from the Greek word pharmakia. And we've talked about this on this podcast before. But what pharmakia means, that's where we get our root word for pharmacy. Pharmacy. Pharmacy comes from pharmakia in Greek. It means sorcery or trickery. And that's what I think may be going on here. We don't see a lot of things, but about five years ago, Bill Gates said that what we needed to do was an aerosol, aerial spray that would stop this global warming business. And so even today, we have aerial spraying going on Oh, that's just contrails. That's, those aren't chemicals being sprayed out of nozzles or anything. That's exhaust coming out of jet aircraft. Uh, no, <laughs> not hardly. No, the roar of their nozzle spraying is annoying, and it happens here in Florida every day. And I have taken picture after picture of these chemtrails and they are in a grid pattern. And you're telling me that these are just normal, natural, you know, when kerosene burns, it becomes water vapor, and then it turns into clouds and stuff like that. No, 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 no. Bill Gates is a wealthy man. He's a billionaire. And, and if you know anything about billionaires, they make money on their left and right hand at the same time. Indeed, some of them sell weapons to both sides. They make money all the time. They make money with war. They make money with shots or with fake food. Now he's into fake food as well as shots. You know, can we trust people like that? Well, to me, I would say in a word, no, we can't trust them. Why should we? They make money, they know how to do it, and they don't care, it seems to me, about what happens. Even George Soros said that. He said something to the effect that he didn't care one hang about whether it's right or wrong or moral or immoral. What I do is what I do, and I make money. Money is his God, and that's a shame and a disgrace. Let's go to Revelation chapter 21 a minute. Starting at verse 1, we read this in the NLT. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. You see, there are better days ahead of us. There are great things coming ahead of us. We don't need to fear. We need to trust. We need to trust God. Verse 3, 
I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. Did you know God was moving here to the earth? He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Doesn't that sound great? That's reality coming and heading our way. That's what the kingdom of God is all about, my friend. Verse 5, And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. Now this is the words of Jesus himself written down by John while he was marooned or exiled on the island of Patmos, one of the Greek islands. He said, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. That means you and I can trust it completely. And he said also, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings and I will be their God, and they will be my children. That's you and I, folks. Wow. The cowards and unbelievers, the corrupt, the murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, in other words, pharmakia, sorcery, idol worshipers, and all liars will have their fate in the fiery lake of burning sulfur, which is the second death. Did you know that there's no such thing as eternal conscious torment? You can't find it in the pages of the Bible. You might find it in some Catholic books or writings, but you're not going to find it in the Bible. It's not there. Instead, the fiery lake burning with sulfur burns them up, and they're gone forever. Even the devil himself, according to Ezekiel 28, is going to die. Die the death and never be found or live again. He's dead and gone, or he will be. Verse 9, chapter 21, Revelation. Then one of the seven angels who held the seven bowls containing the seven last plagues. Are we in one of those right now? I don't know came to me and said, Come with me. I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. So he took me in the Spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. Well, who's the king of heaven? That would be Jesus. And he's coming down again here. And this time, not to die, but to become its king, its ruler, its head, its boss. Verse 11, it's shown with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper, as clear as crystal. The city wall was broad and high, 
and it had twelve gates guarded by twelve angels, and the names of the twelve tribes of Israel were written on the gates. There were three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west. The wall of the city had twelve foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Dropping down to verse 24, the nations will walk in its light and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there is no light. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com, and read more, itellwhy.com. So until next time, have a great day and stay well.